This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. What's up, Gator Nation? Welcome into the latest Gators Online podcast. Coming to you from Spurrier's Gridiron Grill, Zach Albaverde, Nick Del Torre here. And we have made it to the end of the SEC slate. I'm wearing this Mac Miller shirt, but I probably should be having a different type of music artist. Given the trip I'm about to take, Nick. Mm, maybe uh, Jason Aldean. You give me some names. Brad Paisley. Colby Cooper. Many guys that probably have played in Nashville on their way to the top. It's uh, the country music capital of the world. And we are going there. We are staying an extra night, as a matter of fact. Mm, I love Nashville. <laughs> Listen, if Vanderbilt had a full-time job that could pay Nick as well as he gets paid to cover the Gators, he'd be out of here, folks. Be there. Nashville's a great spot. Um, so we're looking forward to this trip. It's our uh, our last true road trip. Tallahassee is just an easy drive. We'll see where the Gators are going bowling. But they are eligible now for postseason play after getting a 38-6 to win over South Carolina on Saturday. We'll start this show by recapping that game a little bit. We'll get into all the news of this week. We will then preview the Florida-Vanderbilt matchup. We will not have a Vandy rider on today. I don't know. I think there's one, uh, but he works for a different network, and I reached out to him and when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, I don't think his network wanted, wanted him to be on our network. That's what happens sometimes. Yeah. Um, but real quick, I wrote about it in uh, my five thoughts because we kept asking Billy Napier about the importance of a bowl game. And he almost was like angry at us for asking. That's not the expectation of Florida. Um, but it is critical for Florida and where they are now laying the foundation for this program to have those 15 practices. As we'll get into with guys leaving, who knows what the roster will even look like by the time you get to a bowl game, but you're going to have a lot of young players who maybe have only played in two, three games, four yeah. games. They'll get an opportunity to get first, second team reps. Um, so some for the first time this year. So Billy couldn't come out and say, yes, it's critical. It's important for us to get to a bowl game. Cause that immediately gets spun by media fans. Oh, that's, that's the new standard at Florida. Just get into a bowl game. So he couldn't say it. So we're saying it for him. Big deal. This is a big deal for Florida to get those extra 15 practices. No, that's not the standard. That's not the goal. Um, but pretty quickly into October, even before November, your goals from the preseason yeah. were gone. You, you weren't going to get to Atlanta. Um, so you have to start recalibrating. And uh, Florida. They've recalibrated. He said after Georgia, we're going to win, win the next five. Which is crazy because most coaches wouldn't send that type of message to their team. If you get the typical 
one week at a time, one and zero each week. Napier was nah, screw that. We're we're, we're running the table. Yeah. November's ours. The first time, the first time I heard it, I was like, "There's only four games. Oh, the bowl game." Took yeah. me, took me a second. Yeah, and then he he said it right after they beat Texas A and M in the in the locker room post game. We're one and zero. It was almost like they turned the page. It's a new chapter on this season. And uh, last Saturday was the best one yet. Best, most complete uh, performance that we've seen from the Gators. Not fully, though, in all three phases. Um, Crawshaw did his job, as as Nick expected fully. Yeah, booming onion of a pun. What is this here? Uh, n- number one in the SEC, number four nationally in net pun average. Yeah, they've punted like twelve times. This is upsetting. I don't season high sixty-seven yard punt from Crawshaw. Nick almost jumped out of the press box. That's a bomb. <laughs> That's a bomb. It made up for the uh, low snap that was bobbled um, on the field goal, right? Yeah, and then a miss or block. Excuse me. Yeah, the special teams uh, game changers changed the game. Not in the way they intended. And that was the only points that the Gators gave up Saturday as the defense. Pitches a full game shutout, mm-hmm. first time since playing the Doors last year. And twenty straight possessions for the defense without allowing wow. a point. Six quarters in a row, and they've just um, season low, two hundred and thirty-seven yards that they allowed. Season best, three of eleven on third down. They forced three turnovers on three straight possessions to open the second half. They I got know three what sacks. Ventrell Miller said in that locker room in College Station. Put the fear of God in this defense because they've been a totally different unit since since that halftime when Ventrell said it was tough love. Justice Boone said there was some cussing, there was some uh, some some harsh words, no disrespect, but pointing some guys into the mirror and asking them if they were proud of what they were putting out. Well, they're proud now. Yeah. Um, and then obviously offensively, this rushing attack is just humming. Mm-hmm. Um, 374 yards uh, on Saturday, season high, the most they've had in an SEC game, I think, in over a decade. Um, it's uh, it's really impressive what that duo of Johnson and ETN, that offensive line, what they've kind of opened up. And then, uh, you know, Richardson, he's that was probably the most physical that we've seen him run this yeah. season. And, um, you know, too short of his season high in terms of carries. So another game without a turnover as well. So he's he's kind of, you know, answered that. And uh, they are kind of right where they want to be now, heading into this final stretch, last two road games, final SEC contest. And uh, they're getting, a, you know, a Vanderbilt team we'll talk about in the second segment, but that's coming off uh, their first win in, what, 26 games? It's like a, huge, thousand, it's like a thousand days. Yeah, yeah. Crazy losing streak that they snapped against Kentucky. So, you know, that they've got some momentum going as well. But for Florida, you know, Billy said, you know, on the teleconference Wednesday, like, hey, man, it's kind of fun to come to work right now. Like, you know, most of this season has been a struggle. It's been trying down. Yeah, up and down, dealing with issues, dealing with, you know, things that you discover along the way and, and stuff that you've got to confront and address and fix and uh, trying to get the defense right, trying to develop AR. Um, and, and now they've kind of gotten to a point, uh, not only in terms of production on the field, but morale in the locker room and the togetherness. And was it propinquity that he uh, talked about in the spring? I don't know what that is. Propinquity? No idea what that is. 
I'm gonna have to look it up. <laughs> but uh, it was the idea of being togetherness, uh, which is what they lacked. And now you've got a new culture at Florida that I think is showing up on the field and in and in the results. And, and Nick talks about kind of some of those locker room moments that they've had, but they're they're in a good place right now as a football team, and they have a chance to accomplish that goal that Napier kind of set for them here in this final month. Yeah. Um, I mean, don't here's, here's the thing. It's 11 a.m. at Vandy. Um, I think back in 2016, you had that 13 to six game. Yeah, ugly. It's 11 a.m. local. It's going to be cold. There's going to be 800 people in the stands. Um, you got to bring your own juice. you got to start fast. And that's why I asked him on Monday, did you learn anything from that 11 a.m. in college station? He said, yeah, we, you know, we've quality controlled that. And, um, I don't know if he's going to be successful trying to control the sleeping habits of 18 to 20 year olds. Uh, mm -hmm. they, they probably go to sleep a little later than he would want them to. <laughs> um, but it, it, it's critical because you, you go into a game against Vanderbilt and we've seen it time after time at these early kickoffs in Nashville, you kind of just start slow and then Vanderbilt gets some confidence and then they hang around and then they get some confidence. And then out of nowhere you need like a, an Austin Harden last second field goal to, <laughs> to win. And I mean, it could get weird because you just you never know what you're going to get with this team in this town uh, with a uh, weather that was a team rule this week that they could not talk about it. Um, so we'll get into that matchup in the next segment. I do want to address obviously all the news that's happened this week on the roster front. Uh, you know, I, I wrote a story um, a couple weeks ago and promoted it on Twitter with the phrase winter is coming and uh you know gators were bracing for some uh, attrition and roster movement and uh we've seen it now it's it's starting to show up really since the end of october and all this month in november the gators have now up to eight guys uh six of them announcing that they're transferring two have been cut from the team uh, Dewan Black, the latest because of academics, but outside of him and Cox, all the rest of them have been guys saying, Hey, I'm transferring. And that's not, you know, uh, out of the norm during a first year with the new staff that after that season, guy, guys, you know, feel like it's not the right fit or they're not happy with their playing time. They want to find a, a new spot. What's been different about not what we're just seeing at Florida, but across the country is you're having players now doing this mid-season mm -hmm. um, and leaving the team before the year is over and there's still games on the schedule, even if they're not uh, even if they're not grad students and can immediately enter the portal. Because if you haven't graduated already and you're and you want to transfer, you have to wait until December 5th, which is that portal window that I was referring to. Um, and so you have guys that are leaving the team. But they can't officially enter the portal, so they're just, you know, not doing football and kind of focusing on school. And it's a, it's a weird dynamic because you know we were talking about it before the show, Nick. You see Josh Braun like mm -hmm. taking a visit to FSU, and he's technically still on scholarship at Florida, even though he's not on the team. And it's just, it's a crazy dynamic that is just part of what's new about this college football landscape. Yeah, I think Billy was not trying to throw anyone under the bus when you talk about it on Wednesday, but you can tell that he's struggling with it because he called it a shame. There's a bunch of guys that 
have told him, hey, coach, I'm I'm going to enter the transfer portal after the season. But they're showing up at practice. They're still helping this yeah. team. You, you made a commitment at the beginning of the year, and they're, they're going to see it through. I'm not going to shame anybody for wanting to do what's best for them, but I just don't understand leaving with two games left, maybe a bowl game, an opportunity, and, and maybe you wouldn't play in the bowl game. Yeah, the bowl game will be after December the 5th. The window, yeah. Um, but to me, and, and you can't enter the portal. So announcing that you're going to enter the portal. Um, I guess maybe, trying to start the process. Maybe on, on someone's radar. Um, but, you know, they aren't supposed to be contacting you, which is then when I wonder how Josh Braun's on, like, an unofficial visit at Florida State because he's not in the portal because he hasn't graduated yet. So he'll be in December 5th. That's when teams can start contacting him. Um, it, it, it is a weird dynamic. And I'm all for the players being allowed to transfer. Um, I think coaches can dip whenever they want to. And the players should allow, be allowed to as well. I just think it's a weird, a weird thing to see guys just like four games left, three games left, two games left, just go deuces. And it's like, you, you can't even enter the portal yet. Yeah. And it's almost like some guys have gotten to the point that they, as Napier said, see the writing on the wall, maybe not happy with their role on the team, and that maybe they just but then they, you have they Marco, don't want to keep coming to practice. But then or, you have Marco Ortiz, who who was hurt and is in the portal because he already graduated, and he's on the field, not dressed out, not not in pads, yeah. but he's he's still there. He's still around the team. And and Griffin McDowell is one of those individuals as well. He's a grad student, or he's he's earned his degree, mm -hmm. so he can already be in the portal. He announced that this week, but Same. he's still on the roster, still with the team. Trent Woodmore. Trent Woodmore is not. You know, he's no longer listed on the roster, starting on his uh looking for his his next uh his next school. So it's just um, you know, as 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 Kingsley Egocon said when I asked him, you know, do you feel like when guys already know they're leaving, already are looking around, is it better for them to just get it over with and leave midseason or mm. hang around? When they know they're not really committed, and if you're not fully committed, are you then this not bringing this, the right energy to practice yeah, and in say, the locker you're room? You're a cancer. I think that's taking it too far. But you're you're not, not full go. You're not full go. You're just holding people going back. through the motions. Yeah. And he was like, he was like, it depends. He's like, you know, if you're a guy that's, you know, not playing, not seeing the field, not getting reps in practice, and you do that. Uh, you know, I, I kind of understand it. Why not get that process started now? Start taking visits. Mm -hmm. But he was like, if you're playing and like, we need you and you you play a part on the team and you do that. He was like, that's out of pocket because <laughs> <laughs> you, you shouldn't do that. And, um, you know, now to Napier's team's credit, he was like, Hey man, the guys that we have had that have announced, um, that they're leaving or that they're going to leave. I don't, I'm not worried about it. And I don't feel like it's an issue with my team. Uh, he was like, you know, he doesn't feel like he's got guys that are one foot in one foot out mm -hmm. as the season, you know, kind of comes to a close and they're already looking ahead to where they're going next. And, and he would say, Hey, if uh, we felt like someone wasn't giving his all in practice, we'd address it mm -hmm. and kind of call him out on it. But when I asked him Wednesday, he said that they haven't experienced that um, is, and they're not worried about it. And maybe some of the guys that might feel that way or might kind of bring that type of energy to the table, they're not playing and they're not really in the rotation. I don't know how much it would make a impact anyway. So it's just uh, – That's a tough pill to hear, though, if you're one of those players. Billy Napier, your head coach, 
Like you, you announced you're going to the portal and he's like, yeah, we haven't lost anyone that we really care about. <laughs> like, Whew, okay. Made the right decision. Look, I mean, I, I will say, and I, I, I kind of, uh, put out a, an insider note on our message board. So I don't want to give too much away, but you know, I, I definitely can say that Napier and I'm sure his staff too, they don't take these situations lightly and they've worked with several players on, uh, not just, you know, guys that are want to hit the portal, but obviously from a discipline standpoint, or if there's guys that maybe want to quit, uh, they've done a lot of things to like smooth situations over mm-hmm. and talk guys out of things and work chances. Yeah. Work with them through things. So it's not like, uh, you know, I've seen a lot of fans kind of react to some of the news this week and they're like, ah, oh, Billy's cleaning house and he's trimming the fat and this and that, like, that's not his attitude whatsoever. No. This is, this is part of what happens in a transition year. I don't think it's easy on anybody. Um, and really as a fan, you just want to support those guys and wish them the best, you know, the ones that are moving on. We expected to have this kind of attrition after the spring. Yeah, and it didn't happen. Um, so I'm starting to see like this stuff happening, not just at Florida; it's happening you know, all over the place. What our roster is going to look like by the time, like, let's say Florida plays in a bowl game on December 28th, <laughs> who's going to be around? As I as Egocon said Wednesday, goes yeah, bowl games are kind of depleted now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, with with the on both sides with the, with the two different transfer windows now, everyone's trying to get in on December fifth to go find their their place, and I have to wait for the second window. They um, want to start their next at their next school for that spring semester right. in January, first week of January. So, yeah, bowl games might look a little weird. They will. Uh, you know, the Gators, like I said, they're at eight guys now. During the season, six of them announcing that they're transferring that that are, you know, not going to be with the team come just, uh, c- come that bowl window. It's just the tip of the iceberg, I think. There's yeah, there's more. And, and, I mean, that's what Billy said. Hey, I've already I've got other players that have told me mm-hmm. I'm leaving, but I'm not doing it until the season's over, right. so the regular season's over. And you got to commend the guys that you know ha- that are deciding to do that, and, and it's sticking it out. Sure, and I don't really know how many of the guys that you know that have decided to leave and aren't with the team anymore. That like the locker room's like, oh man, I can't believe he left us. Like we were counting on him. You know what I mean? I think most of the ones that have made that decision, they weren't really in the rotation like that, which is why they decided to not be on the team anymore. Yeah. So uh, it, it is a new dynamic. I think that this staff and is doing the best that they can to deal with it. And, but it's not just them. This is happening across the country. It's, uh, it is the new world that we live in. And it's only going to get more crazy and hectic and interesting here, uh, in the coming weeks. Yeah. It's going to be a busy month of December. We have a transfer portal tracker story on Gators online that constantly updated. it's going to, there's going to be a lot of different timestamps that yeah. get added to that. Um, well, we're going to jump to this break. We're going to come back on the other side and switch gears to this Florida Vanderbilt matchup. What we want to see from the Gators in Nashville and uh, trying to carry that momentum uh, here down the home stretch. We'll be right back after this break. Coming game against Vandy. You don't have to call or email. Just go to Spurriers.com, hit the reservation button, pick a date, number of guests, and a time. It's so simple, I can do it. In fact, I just did. Maybe I'll see you tonight.
Welcome back into the Gators Online Podcast. Zach and Nick here. And before we get to this Vanderbilt game, Nick, there's something that we did not talk about from the South Carolina game that must get mentioned. And that is Desmond Watson's first career takeaway. I mean, that was one of the highlights of the season, easily. Yeah, he instantly became a meme, became a video. Um, <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Dun, dun, dun. That was a great but video. Talking to him on Wednesday, he had a running back mentality. He said, got the ball, was thinking six. Former running back himself. It seemed in the moment that he ran a lot farther than he did. And then when I like watched the game back, I'm like, oh, he took like 12 steps. <laughs> like He made it eight yards. But that 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 capsulated in time. Got a little stiff arm in the Spencer Rattler's face. They put him on a Heisman. Mm. They put him in a in an art gallery. <laughs> he um also he disappointed me. So Billy said if the defense is top 10 in the nation in scoring or total defense, then they'll consider putting defensive guys in for goal line packages. For some goal line packages. Ask Des, would you want that? He's like, no, I'm good. And I'm like, please. We need this. I, ju- I asked. This. First of all, I asked Billy about that, mm-hmm. and then I asked Des. So I'm trying to start the campaign for the fans. I want to see him carry the ball, but I will accept a fullback also, a lead blocker. <laughs> yes, just we'll accept. just take somebody out. I don't think Florida's had a fullback since Hunter Joyer. Nope. Twenty one would be a good fullback. He would he would be he would, a wrecking he'd be a wrecking some, ball. He would need some patience as the running back because it's gonna take him a little while to get going. <laughs> I think he but he's got it in him though. It's like right it's like riding behind, a bike. Just hide behind him. Trevor Etienne, just hide behind Dez, follow him forward. I mean, we we discovered when we met with him Wednesday that he played running back hmm. early on in his career. That's why he looked like such a natural when he got that ball in his hand and switched I it. I mean, he saw the he saw a defender coming, switched the ball. Think he was just a little sweaty, started to lose it, decided to go down instead of, uh, you know, trying to fight through it. Shout out to Spencer Radler for uh, not just getting demolished. He gets the tackle. I mean, he did. He, he got, a, he got a, a, a palm, but he got the tackle. Yeah, that was um, that was fun. And what was cool about that, probably the most, was the celebration on the sideline. Mm. You know, I mean, that was the most I think that we've seen the team react to someone's play I, for obvious reasons. You know, Richardson was like, if he scored on that play, we would have ran to the locker room. And uh, that's something that the players said too. Like, I didn't think that Billy would be a guy that would encourage that kind of celebration. He said he does. And he's like, I want the officials to I, warn me. I, I would have said no way. Like, this is a guy like Florida doesn't even really, he doesn't even really allow guys to wear like different color shoes or different gloves. Crazy. Or, armbands and all this stuff um so then to hear the players like oh yeah coach wants us to celebrate to have fun to do that he wants to get warned i'm like okay well that's different then didn't expect that yeah and and that's you know i don't think he would have been happy if the team ran into the locker room after (laughs) scored though no i think there's boundaries to the the, celebration there is there is which are the 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 field (laughs) don't leave the field they got that sideline warning though Mm-hmm. Um, well, half the team, but not even half. Three quarters. Oh, the of whole the, team the whole defense came on the was field. on top of Desmond Watson in the pile. It's just cool, man. It's just uh, you know, those moments and those kind of stories uh, for a guy like that. I mean, that's why we cover this sport. Yeah, it was really cool. 
really cool. And uh, he said he's seen it, and he probably can't open his phone and open Twitter without seeing it, uh, the highlight or a, t- a tweet or a meme or him on the Heisman. Um, so you could tell he was definitely enjoying, uh, you know, the little bit of fame from his uh, three-second run. I want a full back dive, though. Mm. I need it. Love it. I got to see it before. He's wearing number 21. I mean, come on. Fred Taylor. The second coming. That's him. So, and and obviously that's part of, uh, you know, what the Gators have done really well on defense is takeaways. I mean, that has been the one thing consistently that they've done well with that unit. Right now they're second in the SEC, Mm -hmm. or excuse me, tied for first in the SEC in takeaways, top 15 nationally and uh, they've had one in every game they've had multiple turnovers uh in 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 recent games and uh obviously that's you know something that they want to continue uh going up on the road obviously you're getting this 11 a.m kick against the commodores you're trying to get get going and uh and find some juice and what better way to do that than to uh get a turnover so i think that's certainly going to be key for this unit um and, and again they're going up against another what we expect Another dual threat quarterback yet again, Nick, mm. and they've uh, faced a lot this season. Yeah, they certainly have. Um, I think Wright uh, had a great game last week against Kentucky. Um, he's not, I mean, he's a junior, he's not necessarily the future. AJ Swan missed the Kentucky game with an injury. Um, a freshman, he's their future. And I think if he's healthy enough to play, that that's who they'll go with. Um, mm-hmm. You have to be realistic with yourself with Vanderbilt. You're I guess they're yeah, they could beat Florida and Tennessee and go to a bowl game, but if you're being realistic with yourself, you're you're not really playing for this year. You're playing for uh, development. Yep, and, and that would be to get uh, your freshman, who you think is going to be the future of your program, uh, you know, a chance to play a team like Florida now. Yeah, and I mean, you look at this matchup. Obviously, Florida's got the advantage in, in several categories. Um, you know, and, and right now offensively they're playing about as well as you can play in the run game. They've really got, I, I think that rotation in a good place. And just in terms of how they're feeding ETN and Johnson. Um, and I don't know, knock on wood, what's going to really stop that. Uh, you know, Florida state, I think will be a much tougher test, but Florida, they should be able to run the ball. Uh, I think at will against Vandy. And, and that's what I would expect. The one thing that the Commodores do do well defensively uh, just in terms of statistically is uh, they do get after the quarterback and they they're able to get some sacks. I think they rank uh, third in the sec in sacks, um, you know, and so that's, that's something that, you know, Ford is going to have to be uh, you know wary of, but I, I think for Anthony Richardson going back on the road, we, 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 you know, you call them road game Richardson. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of a different version of AR. And the uh, last time we saw it in college station, it was pretty special. But he he spoke for all Floridians this week. Yeah. <laughs> said, if I have to put socks on, uh, it, it's cold, which means if I can't wear sandals, it's cold. Uh, it'll be interesting. I'll, I'm interested to see how Florida handles it because 25 ain't no joke. Yeah, that's cold. And and I mean the highs are for 45, and you know by noon it'll probably it won't be 20 degrees, but it, it's going to be a cold game. Yeah, and you know, gosh, I can't think of the last time. I mean, how cold was it, Missouri? last year it was beautiful in missouri last year it was the first time not for dan i no i've been um i've been to every florida missouri game that florida's been since uh they 
started making that trip, and that was the first time I saw the sun in the state of Missouri. Mm. So it was a beautiful day last year. So now what we're going to get in Nashville. I hope there's sun, but it's just cold. So that'll, that'll be a test for some guys, that, especially the Florida guys that like Anthony that aren't, uh, aren't used to that. But Napier made it very clear at the beginning of the week on Sunday that is uh, not going to be a distraction or an excuse that we use or talk about. I think uh, he was like, guys, it's going to be cold, <coughs> and that's the last time we're talking about it. That, that quick. Bundle up. Wear what you need. Bring what you got to have. That, that, that's when you see like the oh, – shoot, I can't remember what game it was, but I remember like Justin Shorter and Copeland went out and they were like warming up without shirts on. I'm like, it's 35 degrees. <laughs> what are you trying to prove here? Yeah, this is uh, – Too cool to be cold. Mm-mm, mm-mm. So obviously this is a game where Florida is uh, favored. They should take care of business, um, but it's still an SEC matchup. They uh, still got to go out there and and kind of build on what they've kind of had going the last two weeks. Um, Nick, what what do you kind of want to see from this team? There's only two games left in the regular season. You know, as they get ready for what's going to be a really tough uh, matchup to end the year at Florida State, what do they kind of need to show just to keep progressing to that point? Well, I think you you don't want to see the defense take a step back. There, yeah, it looks like, and, and I think a lot of people, myself included, think that they've started to make a turn and, and they're finding identity in the running game. Um, I think you're seeing the defense play differently. And, and Billy had said it too. He was, it's not that the scheme is bad, but guys have to execute. And I think and get comfortable in it. I think the guys are more comfortable now. You're seeing the cornerbacks play a little more press. Um, I think you're seeing some different kind of blitzes um, than we, we saw earlier. Um, so I think it's just guys getting comfortable with it. it it's interesting because I've been thinking about this a while when they talk about leaders and we're becoming closer. And it's like, well, shoot, bro, you have two games left. Maybe you should have done that in the fall and the spring. But it makes sense. Like, it, it, it takes time, especially when you're in the first year of a program um, and, and you're still learning and adapting. And um, maybe this is even year zero. For mm-hmm. for the, for Billy Napier, I mean, you had to tear things down. We, we've talked about and written about your laying the foundation for yeah. the future of this year. Um, so I, I just want to—I don't want to see a a step back from the defense. You, you're starting to play well. You're starting to find an identity. The offense. This is what I thought they should have been doing all year: sixty percent run the ball, sixty-five percent run. You have a really good offensive line, the best I think that I've seen in ten years covering Florida. Gave Osiris a brick. He's getting a brick. This kid from Louisiana who just started playing football because he was 400 pounds and wanted to lose some weight, didn't want, then wanted to quit, didn't think he was good enough to play college. His coach leaves. He doesn't think he's good enough to play in the SEC that Billy's not going to call him. He probably still doesn't realize he's about to be a first-round pick. I don't think he realizes that. And Holiday spirit and uh, is continuing what he's kind of had going now as a tradition here in the local community, um, kind of feeding families in need. This holiday season, he's uh, doing it for 125 families mm. in the area. He's already fed 80 families so far. So shout out to Shannon um, because uh, 
that's just incredible, kind of the good deeds that he does in this community. And uh, he's very involved with that offensive line group and with the football team, friend of the show as well. So, um, and I think on that note, you know, again, to Nick's point, the defense keeping it going, I think being able to handle Mike Wright and, uh, you know, deal with a really good offensive line that Vanderbilt has, you know, for the Gators, we know what to expect, I think, from the run game. Anthony Richardson, can he kind of continue the progression that he's shown in terms of taking care of the ball, running the offense? I think the one um, challenge or just something to watch for in this game, once again, another week where the Gators are down somewhat at receiver. Uh, Xavier Henderson is going to be out for this game. That's the bad news. The good news is you get Justin Shorter back. Um, but Craven Frazier as well. Yeah, Jaquavion Frazier's is out. So some opportunities for young guys like Caleb Douglas, Marcus um, Burke. Burke. Uh, we saw Khalil Jackson kind of get his first action in the rotation in the, in the last matchup. So, uh, th- I mean, not anything, I think, with Shorter coming back that's going to necessarily hurt them or hold them back. But nonetheless, more opportunities for these kind of young guys to show what they can do. And, um, you know, Douglas, man, he's – He's one of those freshmen that have really throughout the course of the season been, been kind of one of the standouts as a first-year player. Yeah, and Billy keeps bringing up that uh, he was a quarterback. I don't think he started playing receiver until senior, he was a senior in high school. Senior, junior, junior yeah. Um, so just it, it, when you think of that, it's he's still so green in terms yeah. of knowing um, coverages, being able to look at a defensive back and see how they're trying to play him, learn his route tree and how to run everything. Um but definitely a talented player that that uh, has a bright future. And then I think lastly, as I mentioned, Saturday was Florida's best game of the season. The probably the most complete performance from the defense by for sure. Um, another strong performance from the offense. Maybe would have wanted a little bit more red zone production, mm-hmm. which Billy's talked about. But I think now. You know, it's like each week you like take a new step. You know, uh, it was last week. It was like okay, they they shut the uh they shut second half shutout second half shutout can they do it for a full game i think now we're looking at this team is can they play a complete game in all three phases and that special teams unit uh, the game changers that's the one i think area that's you know obviously still room for improvement does it happen in nashville where they get that complete game uh, i think if they do they could really win big uh, against the doors but um that's obviously something that i'm sure they address a lot in practice this week my guy, Adam Mahalik. Mahalik? Mahalik? Just line, just line him up from 50 every time. I mean, he, he gets put on like the walk-on of the year list and then gets the yips. Starts missing some, get, gets some blocked. Um, but, yeah, he might be your long-distance field goal kicker. Um, and I don't think he, he's going to be your only guy this week because Trey Smack is out again yeah. um, with uh, with a lower body injury, uh, which I was told is a groin. It, He's had like so many little injuries. Like in the fall camp, he had an injury. Um, I don't know what kickers are doing in practice, but he's gotten nicked up a couple times. Your boy Jeremy's all right. Yeah, I mean, he's Australian. He'll be fine. <laughs> and I, and look, I, I mean, I don't think in this matchup, especially uh, special teams, should make all that much of a difference. But if you go out there and miss two field goal opportunities and you give up another uh, touchdown mm-hmm. on special teams, that could allow Vanderbilt to make this a game. Yeah. So. Um, it wasn't, it didn't hurt them against the Gamecocks, but it could hurt them Saturday. So that's something they got to shore up. But I think, you know, you guys get the, uh, get our drift from hearing us talking about this matchup. 
we are expecting, uh, I think, wins on Saturday yeah, for the I orange think, and blue. I think, I mean, Vanderbilt is one of the worst teams in terms of turnover margin. Um, so just don't cough the ball up, uh, run, run it, run it all day. And, uh, just keep playing the defense that you have been. Um, if it's right at quarterback, contain. If it's Swan, uh, I think you'll be fine. It's, it's a young quarterback who's uh, will probably go through some growing pains. And uh, look, I, I am ready for this trip. Uh, it's going to be a fun time. And you know what that means with that 11 a.m. local kick, Nick. More time for the night. Good game Saturday? Night games? I haven't even looked. I won't be looking. I'll be on Broadway. On Broadway. <laughs> um, all right, we're going to jump to this final break. When we come back on the other side, we're going to talk some Florida hoops as the Gators got a big matchup on Friday against Florida State on the road in tally. And uh, also mention some of the uh, news that came out on Thursday regarding the future of the SEC when it comes to the football divisions. We'll be right back after this break. Football is back. There isn't a better way to enjoy watching your favorite team than by playing daily fantasy sports with our friends at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the simplest form of real money daily fantasy sports and pits you against the numbers. Whether you're a fantasy sports nut or a casual fan looking to add some excitement to the games, Prize Picks is the perfect game for you. It's the best way to have action on the game in states like Alabama, Florida, Texas, Georgia, Kentucky, and over 70% of the United States. PrizePix is currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. You simply select two to five players and predict if they will go more or less than their PrizePix projection. You can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. Download the PrizePix app or visit prizepix.com and sign in using the code GATERS to get an instant 100% bonus up to $100 on your first deposit. So if you deposit $100, Prize Picks will give you $100 back. If you deposit $50, Prize Picks will give you $50. That's free money. Don't forget that Prize Picks app or prizepicks.com and the code GATERS to claim your bonus today and take your viewing of your team to the next level this season. Welcome back into the Gators Online Podcast. Zach and Nick here from Spurs Gridiron Grill. And as we get ready for Florida's final SEC game of the season, uh, that kind of brings into focus some news that uh, hit the uh, Twitter sphere on Thursday, and that is uh, regarding the future of league scheduling and how it's set up division-wise. And this comes from uh, Mark Ryan, who uh, broke the news from um, SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey, saying that the league is looking at going to a single division and is leaning heavily in that direction, moving away from two divisions and no four-team pod system. So all the scenarios and uh, you know possibilities that I think people have been putting out there, it looks like that won't happen from a pod standpoint because uh, not only are they doing away with that, but two divisions, they just want to make it one whole thing as it used to be back in the day. Yeah, so. I think this signals that you're going to have to go to nine conference games. Um, when you go to 16 teams, I think you have to move to nine. Um, at the SEC meetings in Destin before uh, SEC Media Day in July, they said that there were 30 models that they looked at, and they came down to two. One is a 1-7 model where you have one permanent opponent, and then you rotate seven others. And then the other would be a 3-6 model where you have 
three uh, yearly opponents. And, and not every team in the SEC, um, you know, Missouri's new to the SEC. Texas A&M's new to the SEC. They don't really have traditional rivals like Florida, Georgia, Alabama, Tennessee, Florida, Tennessee, Alabama, Auburn. Um, um, shoot, Auburn, Georgia. Um, there's no way you could do a one seven model. The riding that would happen in both Tennessee and Alabama, mm. if Alabama and Tennessee weren't playing on the third Saturday in October every year. Um, and if they're playing, well, then you have to play the Iron Bowl. So to me, there's no realistic way to do the one seven model. You, with this news coming out today, you would have to go to a nine game schedule and do a three six. Are you disappointed about? Them not going with a a pod scenario. No, because no, because the pods, based on what they said before, you know, in, in Destin, it, the one seven and the three six didn't make sense with pods. Um, so, I mean, I guess they could have figured out a way to do it, but it, it seemed like they were going away from from the pods. But then, if you start breaking it down, okay, well then, a three six mile. Well, Florida gets Georgia, Tennessee. You throw LSU into that, like that's a ridiculous three that you yeah. have to play every year. I mean, you're already doing it, but, it but just, then somebody's going to get like Missouri, South Carolina, and Vandy as as their three. I just think of going to a single division as like how that will change. You know, who ends up in the SEC championship games now that there's now that there's not two divisions because like you think of Florida, what was it the year that they made it in like sixteen. Um, where they won their division, They're but the maybe they were the best team in the West. Yeah, and then, yeah. So like maybe there were two or three uh, SEC West teams that had a better record than them, and and would have went in a you know one division scenario. And uh, rightfully so. I can't even begin to wrap my mind around what the tiebreaker scenarios. Are. Oh my have gosh! A bunch of one loss, two loss teams. Um, so rankings are going to come into play. Yeah. Good luck, Greg. Good luck. Good luck, Commissioner Sankey. But to your point, I mean, there's there's so many robberies that have to get preserved that I and, and I don't know how well, you can you get say away. that, but then you know, you and I are probably too young to really remember Florida Auburn being a yeah. robbery. But you know, so I say, Oh, I couldn't imagine Florida and Tennessee not playing. And I'm sure there's people a little bit older than us that couldn't imagine Florida and Auburn not playing every year. Yeah. And uh, you know, that Florida hasn't been to Auburn in over a decade. Does Florida LSU or Florida Tennessee get kept if it's only two games? Tennessee. Mm. E- even though we're not looking at it from a division mm-hmm. standpoint, just yep. historical. Yep. Even though I think fans, well, what do you think fans would want to keep? Tennessee. I don't know. Let us know. I like the LSU rivalry, but I get it though. That's a that's a that's love, a tough team to have on your slate every season. I love the LSU rivalry. I think it's an awesome game. Um, I really just want to go to New Orleans. Every <laughs> year, I think it's an awesome honest. game, but I, I I don't know that there's many Florida fans that would pick LSU over Tennessee if if you had to pick between one of the two. I think for a, from a history standpoint, and at least historically. Or at least in the last decade plus, how much better LSU's been than Tennessee as a program that just to make your schedule easier, that 
you'd prefer to have the vols on there. So mm-hmm. it's it's going to be a lot of uh, it's going to be a lot of fun to follow in these coming years. But we're still still ways from that. Um, well, we're gonna get an Austin trip eventually. But we were gonna get it one way or another. Yeah, that's true. But no more uh, no more home and homes. Now it's a little, little, little conference action. Conference slate. Uh, but the Gators will be out of conference in uh, basketball on Friday, uh, but they will be playing certainly a familiar foe and in-state rival, Florida State, uh, uh, one that the Gators, uh, it's a matchup that, should I say, the Gators have not been able to win on the road in Tallahassee since 2012. Mm. So this is a game that means a lot to Florida fans. It's a game that means a lot to this program. And, um, you know, met with, Todd Golden on Thursday, and he was like, "Yeah, Florida fans have let me know they want me to win this game." <laughs> um, uh, I can imagine anytime he's in a speaking tour, uh, you know, hey, uh, don't lose to Florida State. Like, it's not even so much. I think anyone demands right away that he beat Kentucky. It's just don't lose to Florida State. Yeah, it's uh, it's been because it's always that like early season that uh, matchup that I think sometimes like uh, it's it's similar. It to, influences the, it, how much fans get into the team in it's, the in the it's year similar to in baseball, Florida and Miami always play early yep. and fans don't want to lose to Miami, but you have to understand like, Hey, the team that Florida is on November, what's what's Friday, November 11th. No, November something 18th, 18th, November 18th. Um, that's not the team they're going to be in March or that's not the team they're going to be, you know, in sec play or when the tournament starts, uh, sec tournament or the, the March madness starts. Um, same thing with with baseball. The team that p- goes and plays Miami in February yeah. is not the team that's going to be playing in June. Um, but it is a benchmark, and, and, and it's a rivalry, and it means a lot to the fans. Um, it might not mean a ton to your you know to your resume, especially considering Florida State's and, and coming the, into the game zero and three. And those are both out of conference for baseball, mm-hmm. and then out of conference for basketball yeah. with FSU. But it's a rival, it's a rivalry, though. Baby, though. It's a rivalry, <laughs> and uh, and and Florida State's owned that rivalry for for most of Ham's tenure there. Yeah, and um, not only do you have that kind of looming large, but you also got what you're going through this year, and the fact that Gators are coming off a disappointing loss mm-hmm. to Fort Atlantic, and um, that's obviously a matchup that uh, nobody, I think, saw maybe going into the season expected them to lose. I know that. Uh, the staff kind of recognized that it was going to be a tough matchup for Florida, and uh, that proved to be true as the Owls come into the O-Dome and as uh, Todd Golden said, bombed us out mm. from beyond the arc, hitting uh, 13 trays. They hit 13 trays. I mean, like a, a team gets that hot from uh, downtown against you, it, it's hard to win a game like that. And, uh, sp- and some of that could be defense or, or, you know, transition defense. Florida got yeah, crushed in transition. They did. Um, but also, at some point, you just tip your hat. Like, hey, you were 13-24 from three. 13-24. They, they, they made an effort in the second half to not allow them to get off as many three-point attempts, which they didn't, but they still hit some big ones and a dagger – late in that game and it's just unfortunate mm-hmm. for Florida because uh on the offensive end they got a another monster game from Colin Castleton mm-hmm. uh back to back 30 point performances from him first time that a Gator player has done that since Anthony Robertson in 2004 so i mean you're talking about some history that he made right there and that's 
a losing effort. Uh, so, you know, some early season adversity now that this team has to deal with, you know, there's a lot of kind of feel good moments throughout the off season and early on in the year, but now you got to, you know, suck up this loss. And, and not only it's like, you know, Kowasi Reeves said on Wednesday, it's not like you get to come back home and get another, you know, matchup in front of your home crowd. Like we got to go on the road in a hostile environment, play our rivals, a place that we haven't won in a long time and, and find a way to come out with a win. And then, Oh, by the way, then you got to go to the Phil Knight invitational after that. So they're not going to be home for a while. And, um, you know, we're going to find out a lot about this team here coming up. Yeah. And, and I think you've had a bunch, it, it's an interesting roster. You've got some older guys, you've got some grad transfers. Yep. Um, a guy like Colin Castleton, who I think uh, is in his 14th year <laughs> playing college basketball. Um, it, it will be telling to see um, the coaching staff. How did they refocus the team and how did they mm-hmm. get the team back? So this is the first, not just the, the team, it's the first time we're going to see the coaches handle adversity. And, yeah. And, and how do you address what went wrong um, on Monday and, and, and help your team get ready for, like you said, a, uh, Bunch of road games coming up. And look, if you are uh you're feeling down about the fact that the Gators uh took that L to FAU and you're a Florida fan, at least you're not an FSU fan. Because their start to the season on the basketball front has uh not been good. The Knowles come into this matchup 0-3, open their season with losses to Stetson, USF, and then Troy. So um not a hard start to uh, this season for the Seminoles. And if you're Florida, I mean, you got to win this game. Yeah. I mean, j- just to get back on track, just to, I think, get that fan base even more excited about what mm-hmm. Todd Golden is building and what this team has going on. Um, and I think you have some really tough environments and matchups that you're about to go play in on the road. You need to figure out what it takes. Uh, I think you get a re- win at Florida State in Tallahassee. Um, that's going to set you up and, and kind of give you confidence moving forward. So one thing I'm definitely looking forward to, uh, you know, we know Castleton's going to bring it. I think we've seen that Will Richard is probably one of Florida's best players and, and their best shooter. Uh, but one guy that's really been playing well, I think, early on is Kowasi Reeves. I mean, he he's really stepped up, made some big-time shots. And I don't know, Nick, might be the hair. Uh, is it purple now? It's purple now. It the polka dots. He, he he's a he's a NBA two K character. He gets his VC and he goes straight to the barber shop, <laughs> and he's and he's changing his hair. I like it though. I wasn't a big fan of of his freshman hair. I mean, it was it was original. It was a statement. And I asked him. I was like, you know, what what made you cut your hair? Asked him on Wednesday, and he's like, just getting too heavy. I mean, I mean, it was it was a heavy head of hair. Um, I like it though, little little Dennis Rodman flair. When and and that was you know, I asked him like, did you? He probably doesn't know who Dennis Rodman is, or doesn't know the Dennis Rodman that did, was did doing that. that when he played for the Bulls. He's it's just, just great minds thinking yeah, alike. He probably knows who Dennis Rodman is because he because he's a basketball player. But like, does he know that Dennis Rodman would have crazy hair? Probably not. Because I, I, you know what, I think if he did know or find out. His his hair might go to the next level because mm. so far he's just done the like the bleach blonde with the uh, red hearts, mm-hmm. and then he switched it up with the the purple look, 
And um, he said he's going to bring out a lot of colors this season. I look forward to it. It's his canvas. It's fun. And I think it's, uh, you know, I, hey, man, it, it gives him comments. I will say that uh, it, w- it, was, it was interesting to hear him talk about, uh, you know, kind of getting his mind right in terms of uh, as a player and, and how he approaches the game because, uh, you know, he said that it's every game that he goes out and, and plays like before the game, it's like a mental thing with him where he's basically, uh, he said like he even prays about it, that he wants to be happy for his teammates and like make an effort to be genuinely excited and supportive of them throughout the game and not think about his own production and not like go into the game. Oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to prove this, or I'm going to show this. He's like throughout my freshman season, every time I went into a game with that mindset, I have a good game. And then every time I went into it with, you know what, I'm going to focus on my team, focus on my teammates, get excited for them when they're having good moments. Those were my best games. And he's feels like he's got that, mentality a little bit more consistently and um it's showing up early on this season so i also think that uh you know one thing that he mentioned and we we've seen it is is the ball movement uh they're they're a really unselfish team there's a lot of depth there there's a lot of rotations that they use and uh todd gold and the staff are finding ways to kind of keep everybody happy to move the ball around and that was one thing that kawesi says has been the biggest surprise about this team excuse me, is how selfish or unselfish that they've played. Uh, And, you know, there's a lot of talent. So he was like, you know, there are times when it'd be easy for the ball to kind of stick in in the course of the game. And and that just hasn't happened. And he doesn't think it's going to. So obviously they need to shore some things up on the defensive end. That was a big emphasis in practice this week. And um, we'll see what they're bringing to the table when they go to uh, Tallahassee on Friday night. So make sure you guys tune into that matchup. Certainly make sure you guys tune into the Gators and uh, Commodores on Saturday. It'll be noon your time, 11 a.m. local. I think Nick and I are going to be responsible Mm. on Friday night and not show up right before kickoff like we have done for some Nashville trips. Um, It's a a temptation. It's a temptation, Mm. but uh, we're planning for Saturday. Mm. So I uh, hope to see some of you Florida fans out there uh, maybe on Broadway or maybe uh, at the stadium. And uh, obviously, always I think that's one of the trips that Florida fans look forward to the most. Uh, Great town. It is. It is. So we'll be back uh, next week to let you guys know how that went and uh, obviously get you ready for another Florida FSU matchup, but this time on the gridiron as the Gators head to Tallahassee to take on uh, Mike Norvell's Improving team, you know. They're, they're, yeah, they're improving. We'll see. I, I don't think they've played anyone really, but we'll see. Yeah, we we we, we you. Yeah, miss extra point. But like you said, it's kind of like you know Florida Miami baseball, Florida FSU and uh, basketball. That the LSU team that you played back then is not. I'll a, let you know. I'm picking Florida next week too. Ooh, ooh. I have to see if uh, I follow suit, Nick. We'll see. We'll see, we'll see how the Gators look this weekend in uh, Nashville. We'll see you guys next week uh, at Spurs Gridiron Grill. <laughs>